You're listening to the Evolving Truths Podcast, featuring mother-daughter hosts, Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, where honest and vulnerable conversations about personal growth create a connection between all of us. You're invited to experience the transformation that occurs when we allow the truth of who we are to evolve. Hello, you beautiful heart and soul. This is the Evolving Truths Podcast. My name is Alexis Ray, and with me, as always, is my mama, Shannon Day. Hi, Mom. Hey, Lex. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a Monday. I feel a little scattered. You're in Colorado, sitting right next to me. I think that's awesome. Recording in person, I feel like, is more weird to us than when we record over the screen just because we started the podcast while we lived in two different places. So (laughs) it's more weird for us to be in the same room than it is to not. It is. That is very true. Also, I like that you say more weird. Weirder? Is weirder a word? (laughs) Weirdest. It feels unusual, but getting outside of our comfort zone is what we like to do on Evolving Truths, and it's beautiful to be in Colorado right now. The weekend weather was nice. I'm in town for one of my dearest friends, Carly's wedding. Carly was on our podcast in season one. We did our Dirty 30 episode with Carly, so get to get her hitched this week, and I'm excited about that. That's really it. I mean, you didn't ask me how I was, but I could tell you how I am. I didn't ask you how you were, but how are you, Alexis? Thanks, mom. I'm doing great. It's great to be here with you. And more than anything, I'm still balancing my teeter-totters or scales or all the analogies that I've come up with in life to explain what it's like to be living with a chronic medical condition that I have no control over and I'm still trying to maintain my life around it. You and I had plenty of those conversations this weekend. I talked about it again this morning. I'm pretty sure I even cried about it again today. It's just kind of this ongoing thing that doesn't seem to go away, but macro level of how I'm feeling about things in life right now, they're good. I am glad that you're good and I am proud of you. I know it takes an emotional toll and even physical toll and mental toll. Like it's exhausting. Life is exhausting when we add to it having to manage a chronic health condition to ensure that we can function in life, that just ups the energy that gets expended in those ways. You know, I'm always here to support you. I also love how much of your journey you share on the podcast, you share on your social media, and certainly hope that it's helpful for others as well. The mission remains the same that my survival book turns into someone else's guidebook and it's not so painful. I mean, I don't want to say painful, but you know, it's uncomfortable to like go through these things. So I appreciate that. And my hope is that maybe someday we don't have to talk about this stuff on the podcast, every single intro, but that day's not today. That is not today. While you and I enjoy our conversations together, we certainly love having guests join us and we are very excited about our guest today. It's all about 
entrepreneurship, getting started in things that we maybe never planned on in life and the journeys along the way. I'm excited to dive into this today. So mom, why don't you tell us a little bit about Jamie? I would love to. First of all, welcome, Jamie. Thank you. I am super excited to be here. To tell you a little bit about Jamie Blanchard Polling, owner of Compost Queen PBC, has been composting on her own for many years prior to opening Compost Queen as a business. She is a self-educated composter who has been in the industry for four years. She is a United States Compost Council member and has also received her Certified Compost Operations Manager title from the United States Compost Council in December of 2021 and is one of less than 200 holding this title in the United States today. With the ambition to start a local composting business and the aptitude to continue learning about the industry and composting in general, Jamie is a local composting expert sought out by both local and national agencies and the Evolving Truths podcast. (laughs) Jamie, we are thrilled you are here. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for that nice introduction, Shannon. Four years in composting. Five. Five years in composting. Okay. And I just got to know, like, how did this become a passion of yours from the very beginning? Maybe I should tell the story about how I even got to Colorado. So we were living in Southern California, my husband and I, and we were renting out half of our house because that's the only way we could make our mortgage payments. And we decided that that kind of life wasn't for us. Um, I ended up having some serious medical issues with my lower back and I was on disability eventually. And we decided that we needed to shake up. We needed to change stuff so that we could live a better and more fulfilling life. And so we sold our home. We packed up everything into an RV And we traveled for eight months across the Western United States. So we came through Colorado eventually, and we did the whole thing north to south. And when we were in the south, we were like, it was about, it was actually about this time of year. It was in September. We decided, okay, do we go south for the winter because we don't have a Four Seasons RV? Or do we go back and like hunker down somewhere? And we decided to go back and hunker down because we love Colorado so much. And we decided on Fort Collins because it was our favorite stop. And it reminded me of where I grew up, actually. But but yeah, that's that's kind of how we got here. And that was back in 2015. Once we hungered down here in Fort Collins, that spring, I was trying to do my composting. And it was just like a really big mess. Because one, I had to figure out how to do it by myself in my own backyard. And two, I then had to figure out how to do it in the wintertime. You basically just can't do it in the wintertime here. It's just, it comes to a stop. And so I was getting frustrated. I was like, why isn't there someone that can do this for me? And I got really frustrated with it for a while. And then I realized, well, if there's no one else doing it, why can't I? So I figured it out. I went to some classes, some webinars, really, you know, figured out how to do it on more of a community scale. And that's what I did. I invited my friends to give me their food scraps and that's how it all started. And I, I did it through the winter that first year. 
and it worked. And so we've just been growing ever since. That is so cool. One, it's cool that you guys decided that you needed a shakeup in life and sold everything and were able to change everything. And then the fact that you ended up in Fort Collins with no plan. So, okay. My next question is, were you composting in California? Slightly. I was doing it like at a minimalist level. Okay. But it was easy because we didn't have harsh winters. We didn't have really harsh summers either. And it just kind of did its own thing in the garden, like super easy. So then when you got here, it was like, okay, I'm going to try and reintegrate this, but then found new challenges because of the climate change. Exactly. And that just sent you on the road. Yep. I knew nothing of composting until I knew about you starting this business. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, that's so cool because I throw away food scraps all the time, but you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. My former nonprofit co-founder, Dorsey Smith would always say, and I didn't even know it was a thing. So what motivated you or how'd you even learn about composting to have it be a thing in your life? You know, I'm not quite sure where it came from. I had heard about it somewhere and it, it appealed to me because I do love to garden and I wanted to do something good for my garden that came from me. When you garden and you get produce out of it, you're super proud of yourself. It was kind of like that, like to continue it in this other way where I could do, you know, the waste from the garden, for example, instead of throwing that away, turning it into something that would be useful for the next crop or harvest or whatever. It's like a whole recycling mindset, I guess. Yeah. But But with food. Yeah. And it's also just like the the proudness that you have of yourself from creating that. Since I've been composting, I do a lot of dog and house sitting. And so I find myself in other homes. And if they don't compost, I have started bringing along a Tupperware container that I put my food scraps in and literally bring them home with me so I can compost them because it has become such a thing for me that I now hate throwing away the food. Yes. <laughs> so- Yeah, it's already a big thing for me, but I'm sure we'll talk more about composting in a bit. You decide to start Compost Queen. Mm -hmm. And from the intro, mom mentioned that it's a PBC company. PBC is not familiar to me. So PBC stands for Public Benefit Corporation. And it's basically the halfway point between a nonprofit and a corporation. When you establish your business, you can write in the Articles of Incorporation as well as the bylaws about how you prioritize something other than the bottom line. So for example, we prioritize our community and our environment over our bottom line. And so the things that we do in the business always has that in mind. It's part of our mission as well. The reason I did that was because if this company ever left my hands, I don't want it to become some sort of capitalist money grubbing thing when what I established it for was for the good of our surroundings here in Northern Colorado. How did you learn that that was an option for your company? When I was doing my research on what type of entity I should create, it says something about it on the Colorado State website. It doesn't say much. So I researched it and was able to find out all of those things. And that's why I picked it. 
Amazing. So you're the sole owner. Is your husband an owner? Are you running this thing on your own? Lexus just loves to jump in. <laughs> she gets very excited and she's like, so tell us about the business. Tell, but tell us about you. So I am 35 years old. I have a two-year-old son and I have been married for 10 years. I actually have a degree in theater with an emphasis in performing arts and I don't use it at all. <laughs> I'm still paying it off, <laughs> but it was worth it. I did meet my husband in college. It was all for a reason. So I went from career to career, honestly. They were all kind of in admin support positions after college. I went from like a kid's talent studio admin, and then I went to be like a doctor front desk admin. And then I went to a university in the education department admin. So it was kind of jumping all over the place because I wasn't sure what I was happy with yet. I knew I didn't want to be an actress anymore. So I was doing things I knew I could in different places to kind of figure out where I belonged. And none of those worked out. That was all in California. <laughs> and then I moved to Colorado and I worked as a, oh, what do you call them? But it's basically someone who helps people with disabilities. Like a liaison? No. It's like, when you, it's when you go into their home and like actually help them with oh, their laundry. Like with a their home kitchen. health assistant. Kind yeah. Of kind of a th thing like that. And I really enjoyed that for a long time. I got promoted to be the manager of the office and really did not like that because mm -hmm. I saw the back end of what happens to people and their services and their money and the government's money. And I had to leave because it did not fit my ethics, my morals. And that is when I had like an eight month, no working stint. And that's when I came up with Compost Queen. Nice. Those pauses in life, whether we're intentionally doing it or it's given to us by the universe or some outside force, whatever you decide to call it, can be real powerful or real terrible, depending on what you choose to do with it. So in those eight months that you created Compost Queen, what was that like? So I was just looking for jobs, but I visited my grandmother with my mom that summer and she lives in Bloomington, Indiana, which is a college town. And we went to a coffee shop and on the coffee shop bulletin board, there was a flyer for a composting service. And that's what got it in my head was like, people actually do do this for other people. Like this is actually a thing. And so I went home, I looked up their company, saw what they did. And then I realized there are tons of these all over the United States. And it's amazing how much it's grown in the last five years. It's, I'm actually considered an old company now, ah. you know, because I made it to f year five. Um, so it's pretty cool. It's, it's the best industry I've ever worked in. The people are wonderful. What you do is wonderful. You do it for all the right reasons. And that's what everybody has in common. And everybody wants to help each other too, which is amazing. That was the grandma trip that really sparked the idea. Okay. So then- was it planning? Did you get into action right away? Was the inspiration just a little spark that then kindled for a while? Or did it just erupt into this grand inspiration? 
So it kindled for a little while. It was all in my head, except for Googling I was doing for probably two to three weeks. And then I finally brought it up to my husband and I told him my idea and he thought I was fucking nuts. <laughs> so he was like a composting business. Are you crazy? And he was like, okay, if that's what you want to do, show me what that means. And that's when I started really putting it all together was market research, you know, getting books and reading and figuring out how to actually do it as well as business books, how to start a business and all of that. And then within like two months, pretty much, I would say everything started and I count my anniversary as the day I opened up my bank account for my business. Which is when? September 15th, 2018. Happy anniversary. We're just a couple days after that. That's exciting. I love that when you went to your husband and said, this is what I want to do. And he's like, what? Now you guys set up at the farmer's market. Max is out there with his pink compost queen Mm t-shirt, answering people's questions, telling them all about it. So he definitely got on board. Oh, he's my events guy for sure. He has that energy and and he loves it. He's like 110% behind me with everything we're doing. It's pretty exciting. This is going to be our legacy and and our family business for a long time. Tell us a little bit about how Compost Queen works. So people create food waste and that typically goes to the landfill, but Compost Queen says, okay, you have your recycling and you have your trash. Let's put a third one out there for your food waste. And that's how our system works. You put your food waste into a bin or a bucket And we come by either once a week, once every other week, or we have drop-offs as well, that we take the contents of that bucket and put it in with all the others that we pick up that day. We take that to a farm. We have multiple farm facilities. There are farm partners that we work with that give us land to compost on. Um, And in return, they get about 50% of that finished compost to use in their regenerative agriculture And uh, the other 50% comes back to Compost Queen and we make it a beautiful product and we give it back to our customers twice a year and we sell the rest. So it's a fully vertically integrated food waste processing business. We pick it up, we process it, and we sell it. And just to be clear, what you're giving back to your customers or selling the community is the soil that they can then go start their gardens with. It's actually a soil amendment because it's so high in nutrients. You don't want to just use compost. So it could just be like the crap clay soil here in Colorado and you mix a bunch of compost in with it. It'll turn into like a garden soil. But if you already have garden soil, then you only need to amend like an inch or two really with the compost. And it just gives it this boost of nutrients and organic material that needs to be in the soil to help get that life underneath the soil going. So you have a living soil. That's the best kind of soil to have. Can I add compost to like my house plants? Yes. We <laughs> sell house plant, plant size bags really? specifically for this. Yeah. Is that compost different than what you use outside? It's the same Make sure that you not touch your plant base with it because compost retains water. So you don't want something that retains water right next to your plant stem because then it could make it soggy and potentially break. So you need to make sure you have at least like an inch ring around the base of your plant. And then, yeah, you just put it on top. You don't want to mix it in unless you're repotting it. 
But if it's in a pot that you're not doing that with, just put it on the top, like an inch of it on top and water is normal and it percolates through the compost and takes it down to the roots and gives your plants a little boost. You can do that every like 12 to 16 weeks for indoor plants. <laughs> mm-hmm. Girl, my <laughs> plants are going to love me next year (laughs) eventually am I going to need to mail you some compost Lexus yeah I I didn't know you could use it inside oh yeah that's interesting also Jamie will you clarify for us when you say food waste Mm -hmm. what are you talking about well you are about to get an email as a customer saying that we accept all food waste starting in October we accept anything that you can eat or grow This includes meats, dairy products, animal products, et cetera. And that's because of the giant infrastructure improvement we're doing. We're going to be able to accept all that stuff in October. Prior to this, we were only accepting things that like a vegan would eat. So no meat, no dairy, um, but anything that grows, anything that would be considered organic, um, not organic certified, but organic, meaning like it was alive at one point from the ground. Okay. How about that? You heard it here first. Compost (laughs) queen getting ready to take all the food scraps. All of them. Everyone's Uh, bucket's going to get a little heavier. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Congratulations on this expansion. In the market of Northern Colorado, how many other companies are in this niche with you? Or are you the only one? I am the only one that processes food waste in Northern Colorado. There are no others. Okay. And how about the state of Colorado? There are, there are quite a few in the state of Colorado. There are like two or three main ones in the Denver area. And those are probably the biggest of the state. There's a couple down in South Colorado and there's a couple on the West Slope, but they're all very different in size and style and what they do and what they accept. And so it really, it's a customizable business, really. You can do what you want to do. That's amazing. Now I'm like, okay, so we're going to take you to the city of Fort Collins. How do we get you in all of the cities? Like, that's where my brain goes, right? That that has to yep. be the mission. Yes, it is. With the grant re- we received, we're putting in new infrastructure to be able to process more food waste at a faster amount of time. So that way we can get more throughput annually. It's basically like a pilot project. And once we show what the capacity is, how efficiently it works and how the whole operation is a good thing that's working for this product, that's what we're going to take to the city and be like, okay, if we can replicate this five, six times, we could compost for the entire city. And it would be a decentralized system, which is what a lot of people are aiming for instead of like one big corporate place, which is kind of what Denver has. Right. It's just more community oriented, more local oriented to have this decentralized system. So that way, whatever food waste that you're picking up goes to the closest center. So that helps with hauling because you're not going as far. It helps with greenhouse gas emissions because you're not uh, using that gasoline or that diesel etc. As well as you're sequestering carbon by actually doing the composting. It has so many benefits in the long run, but when you do it at such a local level, it has a lot more positive impacts, creating jobs in the green industry, that kind of stuff too. I just got the goosebumps. (laughs) That's really cool. So Jamie, 
tell us more about this grant, but also tell us like size of your business now. What does that look like? Okay. I'm going to kind of answer both at the same time here. It started with just me and I bought a little trailer to go behind my little SUV and I would pick up people's buckets, take it to my backyard and compost back there. It was actually my side yard. And I did that for about six or seven months. And I was like, okay, this is too much for my yard. I can't do this at home anymore. I need to take this out to a farm. And that's what established having a farm partner was. I found my first farm partner. We composted on there land and they would get some of the compost back. We also compost their farm residual wastes as well. So that was part of the partnership. I did that for two years all by myself. I did everything in the entire business. I collected, I hauled, I processed, I literally moved stuff with a wheelbarrow and a shovel for years until I got my first tractor. (laughs) (laughs) which was super exciting. That tractor, I would say, is probably my first employee. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Business partner. Yes, yes. It was the smartest decision I made to get that tractor. But about two years in, I realized I needed help. I was doing so much of the operations. I had no time to do anything else, like grow the business, have a vision for the future, work on like customer support and things. It, It was really hard to fit that in. So that's when I brought on my first part-time helper. They did a few routes per week for me so that I would have office time. From there, I hired another person to take over more of the routes. So I wasn't doing any of them. And about two and a half to three years in, I stopped doing routes completely so that I would be running the business rather than operating it. I have four employees. We experimented with a full-time employee, but it just works better with more part-time because that way people can cover each other's shifts and stuff. But about a year ago, I was like, something has to change. We have to go big or go home. And that's when I started looking at these grants and was like, I obviously cannot afford to go big or go home without taking out a huge loan, which no one would give me, by the way, being a female business owner at a break-even point, banks were just like, nope. So I went the grant route and I applied for this forward grant. It's through the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. It is the Front Range Waste Diversion Grant. And I think I applied three or four times before actually getting it. I really tried for probably a year and a half to get a grant before I actually got one. But then I finally got one. It's just over $200,000. And it is putting in the infrastructure that I need to be able to process more in one location at a faster rate, as well as the equipment that is needed to do that. So I have a brand new big tractor. I have a brand new trommel, which is a screener for dirt. This site that's going to have concrete blocks with bays in it and um, the actual composting system itself which is called a covered aerated static pile system, a CASP, if you will. And it's all very like technologically savvy and it's going to make monitoring things easier. It's going to make everybody's job easier, but I do need more people to do it. So I'm probably going to be hiring at least one to two more people 
in the next two months. And grant writing is actually really hard. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> like, Coming from the nonprofit world. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so. it's crazy. There are specialty people out there that do this and they have jobs for a reason. Yeah. Huge shout out to all the grant writers out there. But your <laughs> persistence paid off. You stuck with yeah. it. You yeah. got the grant. I did. I had a lot of help from friends and family. And when you ask for help, you're going to get it. So make sure that you ask, because I think that was my problem with the first few was not asking for help. The sooner in life we can learn to ask for what it is that we need. And the other piece is being open to receiving it, right? Sometimes people are offering to help us and we say, no, no, and and we push back. So it's getting more comfortable accepting that help when it's there. Which has been a very big challenge for me over the years. And now that I do have help. Like I hire people to do this for me. I have found that I'm a micromanager. Oh, and that's another challenge that I am trying to work on and letting it go, letting, letting them take care of it. Compost queen is your baby. I think that's so true and hard to do when well, and, it's yours. And yeah. And especially, you know, I've had to ask myself this recently is do I fundraise by giving away a portion of my business? like shares or board or whatever that may mean. And I just was like, no, I do not want anyone else to tell me how to run my business because I've gotten it this far. That's not what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. So that's where this grant money comes in really nicely (laughs) because yeah, I don't have to listen to anybody. Well, and I would say learning how to delegate is another part of your entrepreneurial journey. Absolutely. shifting your mindset that you're in that visionary role and you can't be caught up in the weeds anymore on the day-to-day process. So trusting your training, trusting in your quality of hires. And I would say that that's something else when we start to delegate as a business owner, we're too slow to fire, but we're sometimes quick to hire. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree. Being willing to pivot with those things and be like, oh man, like I'm just going to have to bite the bullet sooner. But again, that's keeping you in the point where you're getting to work on the business and so much less in the business on the day to day. So true. And that is a lesson I'm currently going through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your passion for composting and what it can give back to the environment and the community is big enough for you to be willing to say, I don't need to be the one actually doing this. I need to be the one driving the impact of the business so that more of the community and environment can be positively impacted. And Jamie, as you continue to learn these things about yourself, like you just discovered your micromanaging tendency. Yeah. Being open to recognizing those things and working on them for yourself is huge, but just being able to keep in mind that bigger impact that you want to have and know that you can have it when you're willing to let some of these things go and trust others, you're on a great path. I've been around since you guys started started this really and now as I drive through town I see buckets sitting out on on streets and I'm like oh okay compost queen and to see you at the farmer's market and other places where you go and do education composting 101 which I've attended and learned a lot I just think it's so cool to get to see this and excited for you guys to keep moving forward I am too uh well 
This has been an incredible conversation about Jamie, your journey and how you landed in Colorado, how you found the opportunity to create Compost Queen and what your experience has been like so far starting and running this business. I have loved getting to dig into some of the pieces, even though moms kept me pretty reserved at this point. (laughs) And I am so excited to come back for the next episode where we're going to be diving more into the experience as an entrepreneur and what that's been like for you. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I knew some of this, but it's been fun to hear the entire story. As Lexis said, in our next conversation, some of these lessons that you've learned and even how they apply in life and what we can all take from them. So Jamie, we look forward to having you back. Absolutely. Thank you so much. If you're in the Northern Colorado area and want to start composting, check out Compost Queen. You can find them at compostqueenfm c.com and on Facebook or Instagram at compost queen FC links will be in the show notes. If mom and I are totally your cup of tea, please leave a five-star rating of the show. Please leave a review on whatever platform you are listening. If you took something away from this show, share it with someone that you would like to have a conversation with. That is the best way for this podcast to grow. And in the meantime, We will be back next week. Until then, please remember, life is beautiful and you create the magic. Have a good one. Connect with Shannon and Alexis in the Evolving Truths community by visiting evolvingtruthspodcast.com. Links are in the show notes. The artwork for this project was created by Julie B. Salazar and is entitled Celebration from the Inner Landscape Print Series. The Evolving Truths podcast is produced and edited by Shannon Day and Alexis Ray, recorded from the Corner Studio in conjunction with Alexis Ray Enterprises, LLC.